0: You're listening to the Radiology News Network, RNN.
1: Welcome to a new episode of the Radiology News Network. In this edition, we discuss a large-scale study on aortic aneurysm in the Netherlands called the RADAR study. To bring aortic aneurysm on the radar, again, of researchers and clinicians... The goal of the radar study is to predict development of an aortic aneurysm in the course of life, to predict growth of an existing aneurysm, and to predict aortic dissection or rupture to support timely intervention.
0: You're listening to the Radiology News Network, RNN.
1: In this this episode, I have two very special guests. First, that is PhD student Joe Juffermans. And secondly, Associate Professor Jos Westenberg. And both are from the Leiden University Medical Center in uh, Leiden, the Netherlands. So, welcome, Joe and Jos. Thank you. Thank you, Hildo. Maybe best to start with uh, Jos Westenberg. Uh, Jos, can you please explain the general scope of uh, the radar study?
2: The radar study uh, is a study funded by the Dutch Heart Foundation and CVON. Um, The acronym um, stands for um, Earlier Recognition of uh, aortic aneurysm and rupture and it was our aim to develop new tools based on 4d flow mri and um, cfd computational fluid dynamics um, to obtain hemodynamic markers uh, structural markers from mri such as uh, vessel wall Um, stiffness and vessel wall thickness that may have predictive uh, power for aneurysm, rupture, and dissection uh, in patients, uh, specifically um, patients with Marfan syndrome, but also uh, non-genetically predisposed patients. That was the aim of the study. And um, I, be, I believe tomorrow is the final day of the project period, uh, it ran for five years. Uh, but of course, uh, we have collected a lot of data um, that will still be analyzed for the coming uh, at least one and a half year, because there's one PhD student that will uh, remain uh, evaluating all these data that we have collected.
1: Yeah, very nice. Maybe Joe, uh, can, can you explain why aorta diameter alone is not enough for the patients to evaluate?
0: Yeah, surely that's a, that's a question I've worked on for a while now. So, um, um, for uh, I think most uh, clinical people will know this, but as soon as the aorta starts growing, the 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 risk of a rupture will increase. That's why for um, non-genetic uh, uh, patients, there's a limit of uh, five centimeters. Uh, of the of the aortic diameter, if it's above that, these patients will for go, uh, will go for su- uh, surgery. However, we know from a lot of studies that this diameter uh, cutoff value is not working for everyone, mainly because the, like uh, 50% of these patients, which are still below the uh, aortic diameter of of five centimeters, will uh, develop still a an uh, a dissection. So in that uh, uh, respect, the, 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 the diameter alone is not enough to get all patients um, um, or to find all patients in that group which have a, a high chance of uh, uh, developing a an, an, an lethal um, uh, dissection, for instance. So we, we need more information than only the diameter, hopefully, to uh, classify which patients are at risk for a dissection or a rupture.
1: Yeah, Jos, maybe maybe you can comment on that. What kind of other information uh, is available than specifically, of course, MRI for the flow?
2: Other information than for the flow MRI? Then
1: then just diameter. Other information.
2: Um, Well, first, other uh, morphologic parameters you can obtain Um, the not just the diameter growth but uh, the elongation of the aorta the curvature of the aortic uh, arch uh, is important Um, and you can uh, uh, follow changes over time uh, of these anatomical uh, markers Hemodynamic parameters are very important, for instance, um, the wall shear stress, which is the frictional force uh, on the endothelial cells that the blood um, uh, has on on the wall, um, that can have uh, uh, important uh, implications. For instance, when there is an abnormal flow pattern in the aorta, uh, also abnormal frictional forces will Um, have an effect on the wall um, and which may cause the aorta wall to uh, dilate Um, other markers are um, the transmural pressure which can be different and you this is an important uh, measure that is very difficult to obtain um, in the aorta, uh, non-invasively, but by collaborating with the Computational fluid Dynamics Group uh, in uh, Delft, the Technical University in Delft, uh, we were able to uh, calculate uh, the transmural pressure uh, in the aorta um, from 4D flow MRI data.
1: That sounds very uh, intriguing, eh, to go beyond the diameter of the aorta only, what is actually the current uh, gold standard for clinical management of patients with uh, aortic aneurysm. Uh, Always important when you develop new parameters and new tools is to establish a normal value. So maybe, Joe, can you comment on that, how you and the team did that?
0: yeah surely it's like uh, for everything in in nature so the the first question if you have a new uh, uh parameter to uh describe a patient what is normal now for length we know it let's say since just we were we were, if we if you walk around you see other people on the street so you know hey like a person of two uh, two meters I think that's normal but as soon as get uh, if you go to let's say the the, the gray area of, of two meters of uh, forty centimeters is that still normal Hilda
1: yeah that is a hard question of course. Yeah. You have to do some statistics on that.
0: Yeah, I guess <laughs> so, I guess so. But the thing is where uh, there are a lot of uh, uh processes in the body, let's say them um, as uh, uh Joss has explained which uh, for instance of the wall shear stress, so the how like w- what amount of viscous friction on the vessel is normal and this is a question which is which is very hard to answer if you if if you don't know anything about it. So in order to 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 uh, to learn from that, the thing that we did together with the with the Maastricht Medical uh, Center is that we have scanned 200 healthy volunteers, uh, 100 men and 100 female. Since we also don't know if there's a difference between men and and female, of course, that's the same for length. And we scanned them with a 4 um, uh, uh protocol to obtain their full uh, hemodynamics of their uh, uh, aortas. So. Um, from this 40-flow, uh, we can of course quantify various uh, um, multiple parameters as you also as well explained. So we first had to scan like a whole bunch uh, of people just to find out like, what's normal. So for that, uh, um, uh, for, for that purpose we scanned 200 healthy volunteers between the age of 18 and 17 years in order to find what's a normal uh, uh, viscous friction for instance on the vessel wall since we don't know. Uh, Jules, you mentioned uh,
1: CFD, uh, Computational Fluid Dynamics. Sounds complicated. Can you uh, explain simply how that works or what it is?
2: Yeah, um, the physics uh, describe flow patterns, flow the uh, by um, yeah energy equations that are. Uh, uh, Valid for for uh, flow a normal flow in the uh, for instance the aorta uh, and it is possible to solve those equations uh, of flow uh, the navier-stokes equation uh, that describes the the energy in the uh, in the system uh, to solve that numerically uh, by uh, yeah mathematical approaches uh, that uh, involves modeling Uh, The modeling is uh, developed by uh, the Technical University of Delft uh, by the group of Sasha Kenyres. And um, from that uh, you need uh, some boundary conditions uh, that describe the anatomy of the uh, organ that you want to uh, study. That can be the heart or in our case the aorta. and you need uh, some inlet boundary conditions uh, like a 2D flow uh, velocity uh, that enters the uh, aorta at the aortic valve, for instance. Um, And then um, the model that they have uh, developed uh, will calculate the whole uh, velocity distribution along the aorta as well as the pressure the blood pressure uh, over the whole uh, aorta Um, and it can do that in such fine detail that you can extract um, the velocities near the wall that describe the wall shear stress Um, so we use those models to get very precise information Uh, however it's still based on modeling uh, so we compare the models from CFD, from computational fluid dynamics, with the actually uh, measured uh, data in volunteers and in patients by 4D flow MRI.
1: Yeah, and I know that you also have a very uh, nice old data set. Huh? 10 to 15 years ago, uh, you scanned a lot of patients. Um, so how do you want to use CFD and MRI flow? Yeah. To combine that with a follow-up scan, how does it work in the radar study?
2: Yeah, yeah basically the, that the work that we did, uh, which is over 15 years ago now, um, was also is it, actually the backbone of this radar study. Um, 15 years ago, uh, I developed some uh, tools for uh, measuring vessel wall stiffness in a patient group uh, that had Marfan syndrome, Uh, and I scanned uh, those patients uh, on two occasions with an interval of um, three years between uh, the uh, MRI scans. And that interval is very short, too, too short to see if those patients were dilating, but since that was 15 years ago, the techniques were not uh, up to the uh, up to date um, from what we can achieve now. Now we will scan scan those patients with 4D MRI and get the uh, full velocity profile over the uh, in the aorta uh, as well as, for instance, the blood pressure from CFD. Um, but what we did, we did those. 2D scans that can uh, be used as inlet uh, boundary condition, as I just explained. And we had an anatomical image of the aorta at 15 years ago. So what we can do now is use those uh, computational fluid dynamics models to predict how the 4D flow would have been if we were able to scan it um, 15 years ago and look at uh, abnormal flow patterns uh, inside the aorta and then see if those patients developed over the 15 years that they uh, that they have been uh, would have been scanned now uh, if they have developed a, a aneurysm at those locations where abnormal flow patterns are uh, present. So uh, it is very unique that we can use uh, kind of a follow-up data over 15 years to uh, predict aneurism uh, um, uh, aneurysm based on abnormal flow patterns.
1: Yeah, that's really a cool trick, eh? to use old data which are not high-tech as we do today, but then to potentiate that with the CFD techniques. And to compare it to the techniques of today that's a really smart approach. Uh, maybe uh, go back to Joe, uh, can you uh, give a sort of a short summary of your uh, work in your thesis? Uh, what was the focus of your work?
0: Yeah surely, so um, uh, as the radar <laughs> is trying to uh, uh, predict uh, uh, dissections and uh, uh, ruptures of the aorta, uh, we were working with 40-flow MRI, so as a technical PCU student I uh, I have the honor to make a, a lot of new tools, uh, which were both uh, on the MR system, so on, on how to get the, uh, or how to uh, acquire the MRI uh, images, as well if you have them, how to uh, post-process them. So for instance, on the acquisition side, like how can we uh, accelerate the images so the patient don't have to be that long in the scanner anymore, but as well if we have that 40-flow image, how do you calculate uh, like the parameter as a, uh, um, as the, the, the water stress, for instance, uh, but as well a handful of other uh, parameters so how can you calculate that so um, I have the honor to make all these tools and, and to uh, uh, develop these so if you would go to my thesis I have two main uh, parts the first one is just yeah if we make all these nice tools we of course have to uh, uh, validate how, how good are they and are they even working and then for for, for clinical persons uh, um, aspects that the most important uh, question is, is how uh, uh, producible are these Things that you have made, it's nice that you can make it, but is it working and is, always, and is it stable? Well, we did uh, three studies on that, uh, the first on which we tried, so if we have the 40 film and we uh, segmentate it, and then from that segment- aortic segmentation, we, we find, for instance, the aortic diameter, but as well the curvature, uh, radius, or the volume, um, is that, okay, can we do that uh, reproducibility uh, between scans, but as well but between observers, and this was... At the end, we found a very high uh, reproducibility for that. Well, the same kind of study with it for the uh, for the flow uh, uh, parameters, like the wall stress, for instance. Uh, and again, it was very uh, reproducible. Uh, and the last aspect, uh, we also looked to uh, if we look, for instance, to the the flow going through the valve, uh, including the aortic valve, how um, how uh, uh, consistent is this? Uh, are, are these parameters even within one uh, acquisition? And th- this all turned out to be very good, uh, reproducible, and as well, since we did this over multiple centers, it's also we are not the only one able to do this. So this is also very important, of course, that other sites should be able. So this is basically the first part of it. So I had to show like all the tools you make. It's quite nice, but uh, is it uh, reproducibility uh, uh, okay? Well, I think at the end we can say yes on that, and the second. Uh, bit which is, I think, more the uh, 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 interesting bit is like, what kind of a clinical uh, uh, um, application can we do with that? So, for that aspect, we look to um, to, to to several aspects. Of course, patients with an aneurysm. So we wondered, for instance, do um, patients with an uh, aneurysm with of the aortic root or of the ascending aorta did they, do they have an, a different kind of uh, a, aorta? Uh, Hemodynamics and what we find is that these patients, yes, they do have a different uh, aorta hemodynamics. So, from that person, we're now wondering like which aspects are uh, related to growth. For some, we know it already from our own studies or from others. But this is still something we're trying to to figure out. Like, say, hey, why is a a patient uh, dilating? And then the next question is, where are they dilating? Are it only the root or also involving the um, ascending aorta? So, this is some very important questions like, how can we. Yeah, uh, divide that group of patients who get an aneurysm in, in more groups uh, hopefully with the, the end aim to improve the risk uh, stratification of these patients of course so this is I think a really good example where we applied it another study for instance we did on patients with a uh, coarctation, which is a significant uh, narrowing of the aorta which we try to uh, study let's say the, the, the effect of uh, uh, a therapy and for these patients they normally get a surgery when they're quite young and the question was is that is the age of when they do when they have this uh, surgery is that affecting the hemodynamics on, on a later age as well including the, the for for instance the vessel uh, properties and here we find that the younger age of surgery is uh possibly uh, 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 good for the for, for the patients so um, as they are older as or um, they will have a, l- a lower uh, festival stiffness. So we found that even for, let's say, for uh, interventions, this new technique could be very helpful to give new insights for, hey, what can we do with the current situation, but how also can we prove we're into surgery um, um, or, or, or the timing of, in the, of surgery. So I think you can get a lot of insights with these tools. So the clinical uh, uh, applicabilities are quite endless, I would say.
1: And in the Leiden University Medical Center, uh, this nice uh, scan protocol is used uh, in the clinic. Uh, it will be also in the future. Maybe we have to wait another 10 years for the real answers. But if you have to speculate a little bit, what do you expect? Maybe what will be a parameter that is really interesting to predict aortic aneurysm?
0: Oh, that's a hard one, I think. Um well the, there are two para- parameters which I have in mind which I think are, will, will be very uh, uh, promising for uh, aortic growth for instance or dissection or rupture of the aorta uh, one of them is the shear stress but then uh, specifically the component as called as the washer stress angle which is the angle between the actual and circumferential washer stress factor and this angle just uh, this washer stress angle uh, will uh, describe the amount of of um, uh, a uh, asymmetrically about the the washers on the vessel wall. so um, by by that uh, respect since it's it's an angle of two factors it's not uh, uh, depending on the, the magnitude of the flow, which is very important. so I think that's one will be will be very uh, important. The other one is uh, a parameter which is called the normalized flow displacement and this will say something about the uh, uh, eccentricity of the flow. So if the ice flosses are in the center, The normalized flow displacement will be zero, but the more the higher velocities will be shifted towards the vessel wall, the higher the number will become. And most likely as well, the higher the viscous friction on the vessel wall will be there. But I think these two parameters will be very important in the future.
1: Yeah, of course, highly uh, speculative. But Jos, do you have any thoughts on that? What could be the Uh, golden parameter?
2: I think another important uh, parameter specifically for patients with um, uh, genetical predisposition can be the pulse wave velocity, which describes the um, stiffness of the aortic wall. Um, And um, yeah, if the wall stiffens when you are uh, aging, but, I have, we have shown also already in, in, in those past projects that for patients with, for instance, Marfan syndrome, um, the stiffness, uh, stiffening uh, is accelerated. Um, and what you can see is that those patients, based on their vascular. Um, stiffness their vascular age is 10 years older than their real age uh, which means that uh, the flow phenomenon on the wall uh, also uh, are different so the wall shear stresses can have different effect uh, on those stiffer arteries uh, which may lead to uh, earlier dilatation and that's uh, th- that may Uh, what i think is it will be a combination of uh parameters that will be important and that's why also we have collected so many uh imaging parameters Uh, and what can be interesting that we now uh, go into a next phase where we use um ai to predict which of the parameters or which combination of parameters may be uh, the 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 golden uh, uh combination for uh, uh, aortic aneurysm prediction.
1: Yeah, sounds great. Uh, Joe, the the study was also in close collaboration with the Maastricht University Medical Center. Can you briefly describe what their role was in the project, in the radar study?
0: Well, of course, they had uh, many roles. uh, but one of the things they, uh, that we did together is that we, uh, we we scanned the 200 health volunteers together so 100 were scanned in Maastricht and 100 were scanned here in, in Leiden um, so this is of course a very important thing they uh, uh, they also play a part in uh, besides of that of course if you have a multi- multi-center study you have more people thinking about the topic um, as you also explained as well it's, it's, it's still very hard to see like which parameter will be in the future will be the most important one so uh, the thing I like a lot is that we, as the two centers, we, we always uh, challenge each other to see, hey, are your uh, conclusions and uh, interpretations, do we also agree on that? Since, since sometimes this is still hard. So this is, of course, a very uh, important aspect as well, where we try to study it. Since besides all the health volunteers, we also have, of course, patient data. And if you start comparing things, then, uh, yeah, you still have from all the data, you, you need to you need to be sure that the conclusions you are drafting uh, are the... the uh, the good ones let's say so this is something which i like a lot that you have from two centers people their uh, opinions since yeah everyone has a different opinion i think about the about the role for the flow on uh, aortic uh, aneurysms and
1: yeah, since you were the uh, laying out the fundament of the the study and also the future evaluations what do you think we should do next in the radar project
0: Oh, that's nice. Now, I think one of the major things that we're now finding, of of course, there are a few insights which uh, uh, of of some papers we have published, which is our, which are very nice and um, yeah. I think uh, in the future they could be very in, uh, important. However, m- many of all our studies, they they have still have let's say a, a lack of power. So this could be a lack of power just due to the follow up time, so the time between we scan a patient and we see him, we see them again. I think currently we're looking at uh, now the longest we did for the old study of uh, fuels is now eight years uh, uh, for like a, on, on average. So just a, a longer follow-up time will be better. So then we have a higher power. Besides of that, I think we should also go towards more like a multi-center study. So if you would... Like to know, for instance, what's the, the, what's the association between an, a, a flow parameter and the, um, the, the, the chance to get a uh, dissection, for instance. We need, to, we, we need to have more power, so a larger number of patients. So in that uh, respect, we should work together with all sites in the world. So uh, longer follow-up time and more uh, multi-center studies.
1: Yeah, Jos, what are your thoughts uh, about that? What could be the best next step for uh, RADAR?
2: Uh, yeah, As Joe mentioned, broader uh, implementation. Uh, other centers uh, should also be able to do this. Um, on most uh, MRI scanners, it is now possible to uh, do 40-flow MRI clinically, so within reasonable scan time. Um, the tools that uh, have been developed uh, by us and also by other centers uh, are becoming available by uh, commercial uh, vendors. Uh, so th- that, that will be a big step uh, that other groups can do this clinically. Um, and also to, to find other applications and one of the um, interesting applications that uh, Maastricht also did. In this study was that they used the CFD modeling to investigate uh, hypertension and see if uh, patients uh, have hypertension modeled by the CFD, uh, what implications that uh, that would have on the flow phenomenon. Um, so there will be many other uh, other applications uh, that can uh, downstream from radar can benefit uh, from the uh, developments that we uh, uh, achieved. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Jos, for
1: your contribution uh, to the RNN podcast. Um, Joe, this
2: is, uh, this
1: is actually your last day at work. It is so what will you do in the future <laughs> What is
0: what is for you the next step for me the next step well uh, um, i'm uh, well, uh, from on uh, tomorrow I will leave the uh, a- a- academic world for a while, so I will go um, working as a data engineer for uh, for a uh, commercial company this time, so no know uh, academic wa- um, work through that say, but I think uh, working in the acad- uh, in academics also helped me to sk- to learn hopefully a new uh, n- uh, to um, Well, to embrace new uh, uh, technologies fast. So I'm hoping to learn a lot from that. And maybe in the future I will be back in the uh, academic world since uh, it still has my... um Uh, my uh, interest but for now I have to spread my wings and fly a bit towards the other side so uh, they always say kite uh, kite strikes high uh, uh, against the wind so we should first go against the wind and then follow the wind again I guess Uh, great philosophy (laughs) and great plan so uh, all uh, good luck with that all your
1: future plans and thank you also for joining uh, the RNN podcast and that actually uh, concludes our uh, podcast and uh, we always end with uh, RNN Innovation leads to leadership. RNN.
0: Innovation leads to leadership. Professor Lotteberg and Professor Mansfield, your discoveries of imaging with magnetic resonance have played a seminal role in the development of one of the most useful imaging modalities in medicine today.
1: The very first imaging in Britain and uh, more or less simultaneously to uh, Paul her in the United States.
0: The goal that uh, drew my attention to the problem was medical diagnosis.
1: The worst thing that could have happened uh,
0: would be um, cardiac arrest. Naughty boy, you have not been listening to me. Uh, You are totally wrong. (laughs) Well, it could have electrocuted me. The better the idea is, the more simple and intuitive it seems to be to some people which makes them think it's trivial.
2: RNN.